it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who didn't write a puff piece about Joe Biden's cognitive state. Biden's lost his marbles. Not according to the New York Times. Oh, my goodness gracious. The gray lady over the weekend saying, don't pay attention to the fact that he gets lost leaving the stage. Never mind that the only thing falling faster than his polls is his body. Uh, Because according to the New York Times, Joe Biden sharp as a tack. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Are we ever? Uh, we're going to try uh, to pull this conversation into focus. Uh, but long story short. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. I don't know if we can, uh, but we'll get some help trying. John Rich is going to be here today on a big Monday country music legend. Uh, Kennedy will be in the house as well. She's, of course, one half of the Laughs and Liberty tour which is heading out to Arizona, Mesa, Arizona, this Saturday night, June the 10th. But we begin, of course, with some you and me time, where your calls, texts, tweets, and carrier pigeons are always welcome. 888-788-9910. The only rule to the show is you can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat. The only thing we ever ask is that you don't be a There it is. Happy Monday. Uh, if you came out to see us in Davenport, Iowa this weekend, thank you. We had a great, great time in Davenport. We ate Mission Barbecue is what it was, and uh, it was some fantastic food. You're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat f- look at you. Well, to be clear, uh, I am going to rein it in a little bit this week. we got a lot of TV coming up. I'll be on Fox News tonight with Harris Faulkner. Uh, tomorrow I will be on Gutfeld Wednesday night. Late Wednesday night you'll see me on the Laura Ingram show. Thursday night we'll be doing a live studio uh, audience Sean Hannity show. And since I tell you guys you have the highest security clearance uh, anywhere in radio, when it comes to the things I tell you about my life, about my career, and the goings-on here at Fox, uh, this past Saturday, Fox News launched a show called Fox News Saturday Night. And uh, it has a rotating cast of hosts uh, with different Fox personalities, you know, putting their little spin on it on a particular evening. Uh, my first hosting date of that show is going to be Saturday night, June the 17th. You will see your radio buddy in action. It's a Saturday night show. You'll hear plenty of shameless promotion between now and then. Uh, but the point is, i got to pull my life together. Okay, if you're going to start hosting a Saturday night TV show with the whole nation watching, uh, you really, you know, we need to get that guy back in here who knocks the food out of my hands between TV hits. Put that cookie down now! The thing to knock down, to be clear is the pen that wrote this New York Times op-ed. Let's start there. Let's just get right into it. It's Monday. we got a lot to cover in the world of politics. There's a lot going on. Okay, everybody was in Iowa over the weekend, not just Mike Kennedy and myself. Okay, Tim Scott was there. Nikki Haley was there. Ron DeSantis was there. Okay, they were out campaigning for president. Kennedy and I were not entertaining any such illusions. Neither one of us could pass the background check. But everyone was out in Iowa, and we'll get you up to speed on that. We're also going to cover cover Tim Scott's appearance on The View because he's on The View right now. The View is awful. We'll have some sound from that later in the show. But right now I want to talk about this New York Times piece because this is just a fascinating, 
fascinating exercise in propaganda. Okay, pieces written by White House reporters that cover the White House for the Times. Okay, so Peter Baker's in on this. Michael Shear. I don't expect you to know these names. Uh, And if there was any chance of you knowing these names, I think it all goes out the window after reading this. Katie Rogers, Zolan Cano Youngs. The piece is titled Inside the Complicated Reality of Being America's Oldest President. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. Now, a lot of people feel that way. Uh, mainly because they're watching the guy. That's true. That is true. Okay, over the summer you saw Biden speaking to Jackie Walorski, who, of course, was no longer on this earth at the time he kept asking repeatedly whether or not she was at the bill signing. That can't be good. Okay. You've seen him fall multiple times on the way up the stairs. You've seen him crash bicycles. You've often seen him quit talking in the middle of a sentence because he forgot what he was trying to say. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, okay, that's a quote from the president of the United States. Okay, this is a quote from the president of the United States. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by... Go, you know the you know the thing. Wait, what? I, I actually don't know the thing. <laughs> That's not an acceptable form. <laughs> I mean, what up? What we've got here is failure to communicate. Okay, is what I'm trying to say. And I don't wish him any will ill will. Like my issue with Joe Biden is not that his elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor, and it clearly doesn't. Okay, it's sad to see what they're doing to him. We watched him fall down in a stage. He gave his big commencement speech last week. I don't remember that ever happening. But the rest of us do, because the minute the speech was over, he fell. Okay, they say he tripped over a sandbag. You know, you'd like to believe he might, A, be looking for the sandbag. You'd also like to believe that, B, the people looking out for him would have something like that out of the way, given the issues this guy has with just walking in a straight line anywhere. Okay, the man gets lost exiting his speech, okay? The man has shaken hands with invisible people, and Democrats have defended him. They said, whoa, 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 whoa. He wasn't shaking hands with invisible people. He was pointing. Oh, well, in that case, it's not the hand gesture, okay? It's the fact that he's making it at an invisible person. I think he's got a point. (laughs) It's not. I don't care if he's fist bumping an invisible man. I don't care that he's handshaking. I wouldn't care if he was giving the invisible man the finger, okay? The issue is that the man is invisible. But the people who've shilled for this, why have they done it? Okay, number one, the people on the left are just activists masquerading as journalists. You once watched Donald Trump on a wet platform at West Point steady himself on the way down the ramp. And they were like, oh, 25th Amendment, cognitive decline. I'm telling you, this is bad. We've never seen a guy shuffle his feet like that. Then Joe Biden falls multiple times on the way up the stairs, talks to invisible people, talks to dead people. Okay, falls down on stage. Are the Democrats talking about the 25th Amendment? The answer would be no. No. Not even, kind of, not even a little. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. So the media, you know, predominantly liberal media, is just trying to protect a Democratic president because they want to win elections. Their job is not the traditional sense of media, which is to hold people in power accountable. 
the media now see themselves as a functioning arm of the Democratic Party. Ergo, they get out there every day and just parrot whatever the regime narrative has to be, and they make sure they insulate the regime against any criticism that could potentially upend its quest for more power. So that's what the media is doing. But you ask yourself, fine, so the media is going to shill for whatever the Democrat happens to be, okay, whoever the Democrat happens to be, okay, no matter who it is, if it's Biden or, heaven forbid, it's Kamala. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha-ha! But the point is it doesn't matter who the person is. It doesn't matter what the person's doing. Joe Biden could be calling people and telling them on the phone that he's Batman. The Democrats are still going to protect him. Okay, and it's not just the media. Okay, the media, that's their motivation. We need Democrats to get elected. Whoever the Democrats give us, we're going to hold our nose and say they're the best person that's ever run. The Republican is literally Hitler. Okay, that's the playbook. It happened to Mitt Romney. It happened to John McCain. Certainly happened to Trump. Certainly happened to Bush. Doesn't matter who runs. If there's an R next to your name, R stands for Klan. That's how the Democrats treat you. Conversely, Joe Biden, a guy who literally eulogized Robert Byrd, a member of the Ku Klux Klan, He's supposed to be the guy that's going to save the black community. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? But why can the why can the media let him get away with that? Because, again, they're there to protect whoever the Democratic nominee happens to be. Now, you might ask yourself, well, given that the entirety of the media is going to show for the Democrat, whoever the nominee happens to be, why wouldn't they just go get another nominee? Why are they putting up with this guy? And the truth is they're putting up with this guy because the people running the Democratic Party, as long as Joe Biden is the president, those people, they get to be in charge. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. That's how it works. Biden's not the president. He wasn't the president in the first term. He's not going to be the president in the second term. And they know that and they like that. Okay, what you see is sadness like his wife's got to step in. Why is she letting him embarrass himself like this? The poor old man falling on the stage. I, I like legitimately feel bad for him. Like I was watching a meeting with an executives here at Fox last week. We're in a meeting. He was on TV making a mumbling mess of himself. And we were all lamenting the fact that we don't want to make fun of him for four more years. We don't like the fact that this is our reality. But we're kind of chained to him as a candidate in the sense that the Democrats want him to run and want him to win. Because they can continue to rule through executive order. They can continue to rule by forcing him to run any play they send into the huddle because he's not allowed to speak for himself. Joe Biden doesn't give press conferences. He gives political theater acts where he has a list. He reads it out loud. He's not supposed to, but he reads it out loud. He literally, rather than just calling on reporters, he'll go, well, I've got a list of people I've been told to call on. Uh, Where is she? And reads out the person's name. Okay, that's what he's doing right now. And they don't want him doing that part out loud, but he can't be coached. The man is insane. He's not responsible for himself. And I don't think that's a good thing, but it's a perfect thing. If you're a bureaucrat who could never get elected on your own, who wants to run this country, who wants to dictate energy policy, who wants to dictate border policy, who wants to dictate Uh, The the way we administer justice in this country and the two-tiered system of justice we have as it pertains to Republicans and Democrats, okay, they want to dictate foreign policy and all the money that's being sent to Ukraine unaudited. They love this stuff, okay? They get to do all of it without any blowback because the people crafting the policies 
okay, get the trotted out to the podium in the way of the empty vessel we know is Joe Biden. But here's a newsflash. These globalist bureaucrat loonies dwelling in D.C. basements care about everything but you, the taxpaying citizen. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. So that's why it goes on. But let me read you this. This is the piece that was written really quick. I just want to hit the highlights and have fun. The two Joe Bidens coexist (laughs) in the same octogenarian president, sharp and wise at critical moments. You're not telling me the truth. He's not sharp and wise anywhere. Okay, anyway. Sharp and wise at critical moments, the product of decades of seasoning, able to rise to the occasion, even in the dead of night, to confront a dangerous world. That's Biden. That's the guy they want you to believe. This guy. Make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The the, the phone. That was Biden at 7 p.m. But they want you to believe that even in the middle of the night, (laughs) he can rise to the occasion. The authors did add, though, (laughs) yet a little slower, a little softer, a little hard of hearing, a little more tentative in his walk a little more prone to occasional lapses of memory in ways that feel familiar to anyone who has reached their ninth decade or as a parent who has. Okay, like many his age, Mr. Biden repeats phrases, retells the same story, often fact-challenged stories again and again and again. You and I call that lying. He can be quirky. When children visit, he may randomly pull off a book of William Butler Yeats off his desk and start reading Irish poetry to them. I mean, I'm telling you, there's no world, okay, where this guy should be leading anything. Anyway, let's continue. At the same time, he is trim and fit, exercises five days a week and does not drink. He has at times exhibited striking stamina, such as when he flew to Poland, then boarded a nine-hour train ride to make a secret visit to Kiev, spent hours on the ground, then endured another nine-hour train ride and a flight to Warsaw. Yo, he is not exhibiting stamina. He didn't fly the plane nine hours. He didn't drive the plane nine hours. He slept the entirety of both trips. (laughs) He showed some stamina. I mean, this guy can nap. You've never seen a guy nap like this. The media is a bunch of losers. They really are. Okay. Oh, the stamina between the plane ride, the train ride. Then he was on the ground and get this. He took another plane ride and another train ride. (laughs) Clown stuff. Okay, let me give you a little more. This is so, uh, according to the Times. (laughs) Uh, According to the Times. uh, Biden's age are all Democrat donors talk about. And aides keep a a tight schedule. Hide him from the media. But he's catching heat because everybody who watches Biden. Remember what Biden told us to do? He was like, you know, how do you? Speak to concerns about your age. And Joe Biden said, watch me. Well, the good news for Joe Biden is we watched him. The bad news is we watched him. The show that solves problems the old-fashioned way. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.
It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910. Karine Jean-Pierre asked at the White House about Biden's famous fall uh, from last Thursday. Here she is trying to put together an answer, clip 14. So uh, the president had the fall yesterday. Uh, the White House said that he is fine. Uh, was he checked out by a doctor? What was that examination like? What was the result? So just want to just remind everybody what the president uh, was uh, in Colorado Springs for yesterday. He was there uh, to uh, to offer um, uh, his thanks to the dedicated brave women and um, men and women who are graduating and, and about to serve uh, in the Air Force. Uh, and just to just, you know, make sure we clear the record here, he tripped over uh, a, ba- a sandbag on the stage and b- briefly he tripped and got up and he, he got, got right back up and continued, uh, continued what he was there to do. He did not, uh, he, he, there was no need uh, for the doctor to see him uh, as it was related to the fall and he's doing fine. You don't have a clue. <laughs> so silly. Listen, you don't want the guy to be injured. You don't go, oh, good. I, I Listen, man, Joe Biden, the politician, I just loathsome. Just a race-baiting jackass. But I don't wish him any bi- any ill will. Yeah, he's probably the worst president I've ever seen in my lifetime, I think far and away. I think anyone listening that was objective would go, oh, no, this is the worst guy we've ever seen. But it doesn't mean you want him to be hurt. Even Ron DeSantis, to his credit, uh, did take the high road. This is clip 16. There are plenty of people in your party who say maybe he's not physically and even maybe mentally up for another four years in office. What do you say? Well, look, I mean, people can judge that. I mean, I hope that he didn't sustain injuries. And if he did, I hope he has a speedy recovery from those. But I'm running for president because I want the U.S. to have a speedy recovery from the injuries that Joe Biden has inflicted on the country. And at the end of the day, I think his policies have been wrong. Um, I do think he lacks energy and all that. But he is pursuing a course that's not been good for this country. And that's my main concern. Come on, man. Whoa. Says we've got to recover from the injuries Biden has instilled on the country. Now, he's not wrong, man. We've broken every record for illegal border crossings. We've broken every record for fentanyl deaths. The murder rate is at a 30-year high under this guy, and certainly he's had some help there from woke bail initiatives. Everything woke turns to Maybe so, but the foreign policy is a laughing stock. And despite what he tells you about job creation, 10 million of the jobs he created were actually recovered from the pandemic, which means these weren't new jobs. They were just people getting their old jobs back. But Biden will continue to tell you he himself, despite all of those fallacies, is a guy who can do the job. A three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. Kennedy's joining us in the next hour. Country music superstar John Rich. Getting the band back together with him. He's one half of Big and Rich. Uh, (laughs) Today he's joining Fat and Rich. Uh, We did some good eating out on the road. i got to try to rein it in this week. But I wanted to play you some clips really quick. We're talking about the Biden thing, and we got to get over to 2024 really quickly. Uh, and we will, of course, talk about the budget deal that was passed over the weekend. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. The spending is so bad. The reason I don't harp on it a lot is because the truth is, just so you understand, 
every Republican, every Republican, with like the exception of like Chip Roy. I'd give Andy Biggs some credit for that. I'd give Jordan some credit for that. But 99% of the Republican Party is like, oh, the Democrats are spending too much. And then the minute they get into power, what do you think they do? They spend too much. This is politics as usual. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's like everybody likes spending money in Washington. That's the problem. Okay, spending money is popular. You bring some cash back to your district, it's an easy way to get reelected. It's easier than having to do all these fundraising dinners. You know, well, what if instead of doing 100 fundraising dinners this year, I cut it down to 90 and we just bring some pork back to the district. That's actually how they look at your tax dollars. That's what goes on. So whenever we get into these spending deals, you need to realize the charade of a spending deal is this. They set an artificial deadline. Well, if we don't make a deal by this date, we're all going to die. We're going to default. The government's going to shut down. We'll be lucky to live an hour. And why do they do that? Because with consequences seeming so dire... They then go out, break all of their campaign promises, compromise on every ideal they sold you, and then tell you they had no choice because the world was going to end. You know, going to understand. We had this imp- impending deadline. We were all going to. This is total crap. But that is. It's what they do. Okay. They set an artificial deadline. They tell you the world's going to end unless they get a deal done by the deadline. And then that becomes their justification to break every single promise they made. That's how bills get passed. And then they get passed with what? Okay, hundreds of pages, thousands of pages, no time to read them. And then they tell you with a straight face, today's a big win for the American people. Stop lying to us. They couldn't. It's all they know how to do. Okay, but if you want to talk about establishment figures lying to us, here is James Comey. Goes on MSNBC. Now understand, 32% of the American public thinks Joe Biden is mentally fit to serve. Right now, right now, 32%, not Republicans, not Fox News viewers. Oh, the evil Fox News, it's coming to get you. The, not 32% of those straw man evil people that the Democrats like to tell you about. 32% of the American public says Joe Biden is mentally fit to serve, okay? The other 68%, They haven't been drinking. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. I don't know. Maybe they were drinking. But the point is, even if they were drinking, they still look at Biden and realize, you know, the elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. It's a mess. Okay, I'm not happy. I'm not thrilled to sit here and go, yay, he's got cognitive issues. All I do in my family is sit there and watch him and go, man, that reminds me of my Uncle Sonny. Sadly, my Uncle Sonny is the coolest guy I ever met. He's no longer with us. But he had dementia later in life. And no idea, you know, just talking to you and rambling incoherent prose. And, you know, he had moments of seniency where he could look you straight in the face and say something that sort of kept up with the conversation. But, you know, in terms of his completion percentage, in terms of his ability to get the ball over the plate conversationally, you know, you know, didn't often find the strike zone is what I'm trying to say. And if you've had that in your life and you've had an elder relative in that position, you can't help but watch Joe Biden and be reminded uncomfortably, sadly, about what your relative went through. Because every time Joe Biden opens his mouth and attempts to throw the ball over the plate, you get just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Yeah, you get the wild pitch from Major League where he misses the strike zone by 20 feet. Okay, but James Comey, despite the fact that 32% of the American people, just 32% say he's mentally fit to serve. 
Okay, what's the big criticism about the D.C. bureaucrats? What's the big criticism of the D.C. establishment? They're out of touch with the American people. No quote is more emblematic of D.C. being out of touch with the American people than James Comey's quote. At a time when 32% of the people say Biden is fit to serve, 68% don't think so, James Comey says Biden is the only choice in 2024. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. He's just a shill. That's what it is. Okay, again, in Washington, they're like, oh, well, Comey was a Republican, and now he's voting for Biden. Nah, bah, 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 bah. Okay, R&D mean nothing in Washington itself. There is a uniparty that 95% of them belong to. They're not Republicans. They're not Democrats. Okay, Okay, they're D.C. establishment politicians. They go along to get along to keep the business running properly, to keep the gravy train flowing from all the special interests and all the lobbyists that take them out to lunch on K Street. Okay, that's what they stand for. When James Comey says it has to be Biden, he's basically saying that not because he thinks Biden can complete a sentence, but but because he thinks that will be a business as usual administration. No upsetting of the apple cart. No scrutiny of the budgets, no scrutiny of the fact that the people in Washington keep selling out our interests. Okay, that's why he wants Biden. Here it is. Here he's saying it right here on MSNBC, clip six. It has to be Joe Biden, <laughs> and and I'm glad he's willing to serve. It has to be somebody committed to the rule of law, committed to the values of this country. And I, I'm not talking about policy. People can disagree about policy. There are things above those disagreements that all of us should think about the same way. The president must be someone who abides the law and our Constitution. And there's no one else but Joe Biden. I mean, you shut your mouth, you bastard. <laughs> there's no one else but Joe Biden. You must be crazy. When are you going to stop believing in something that isn't true? Understand why they do this. He doesn't believe in it. He doesn't believe in it. He doesn't believe in his policies. He doesn't believe Joe Biden is upholding the rule of law. It's illegal to sneak into our country. Joe Biden's allowed six million people to do it. Does that sound like a guy upholding the rule of law? The answer would be no. No, the answer would be no. Okay, Joe Biden is not interested in the rule of law. He's interested in the rule of Democrats. Tell me what I have to do. That's how this works, this whole entire presidency. And that's why Comey wants him reelected. It has to be Biden, because right now we all get to be president. The deep state, the establishment, all the people getting fat off that lobbyist cash. Come on, man. I'm James Comey. I'm an emo poet. I'm writing novels now. I'm eating $6,500 lunches at Cafe Milano. You can't upset this apple cart. It has to be Biden. Come on, it has to be. Mom, it has to be Biden. That's what's going on. Biden is the ultimate Trojan horse candidate because he allows everybody else in D.C. to be president. He allows the go-along, the get-along, the continuation of the policies that created Donald Trump. Understand, Trump was only president. Only president could not have been president. It wasn't even possible for him to run and stay in the race a week, save for the fact that establishment politicians in both parties built a market for an outsider by screwing up the country as badly as they did. If America was running well at the end of two terms of Barack Obama, you don't hear a word about a guy walking in off the street and winning the presidency. Okay, if America is running well at two years of Barack Obama, 
He endorses Hillary Clinton, and they pretty much inaugurate her on the spot. That's how they expected it to go down. Okay, but because establishment politicians had said one thing and done another, had sold our manufacturing base out to China and our jobs out to China, okay, had decimated our economy with all these globalist nonsense, with all the green energy stuff that put the boot on the neck of our domestic energy production, okay, because of policies that put America last, enough voters, not enough to win the popular vote, but enough voters in the key states that mattered and specifically the Rust Belt, said, hey, what if we bring a guy in here that isn't from this background of go-along-to-get-along politicians? That's what Trump represented. That's why they hate him and loathe him as much as they do. That's why the minute he got into office, they began a Mueller probe. It was a soft coup designed to get him to disqualify himself from office. They did not want you choosing the president ever again. Okay, up until Trump, every election resulted in you choosing somebody they were okay with. Okay, they knew at the end of the day, if they needed a war to jumpstart the economy and make them some big money, they'd have a guy in Washington who would do it. Okay, that was the deal. They liked that sort of stuff. Okay, they don't want a guy in there that does his own thing. That's why they hate Trump just as much and DeSantis just as much as Trump. Okay, Biden for them is a home run. When you say like, oh, no, the guy, you know, he's falling down. He doesn't know where he is. The day he gets back from Ireland, a kid goes, what was the last country you've been to? And he can't answer the question. You look at that like, oh, my God, this poor guy. Or, oh, my gosh, he reminds me of my relative. Oh, this is so sad. But in Washington, they see that and they're like, oh, girl, we going to do whatever we want, baby. We going to sign some bills. We going to get some thrills, girl. We going to open up the border. We're going to farm out some green energy policies. You know what I'm saying, girlfriend? We're going to make all kinds of cash with this fool running things because this fool ain't going to be running anything. That's what they're doing. Okay. So understand when Comey shills, that's why he's shilling. Okay. Here is Comey. It's so so fascinating. It's so fascinating as this goes on because he talks about, you know, oh, well, Biden, it's got to be the guy. Woo! And why do they feel that way? Let me give you let me give you a hint, okay? Because he represents the smoothest ride, the smoothest ride for the gravy train. You understand? Every time someone endorses Joe Biden, it's no different than climate policy. Now I told you whenever there's a climate, oh, we're all going to freeze. What are they really saying? Please give us money. Okay. Same thing. All right. Well, we didn't freeze. Okay, we were wrong about that. But we're all going to melt. Please give us money. All right. The 10 years went by. We didn't melt. All right. We didn't freeze. We didn't melt. But the, the, the climate's changing. The weather's changing every. Please give us money. OK. You understand that's the grift of climate change. They're always getting paid. That's why they're telling you, no, we've got to relinquish our American energy independence because, you know, it's better for the environment. No, it's not. OK. We produce energy cleaner in this country, 42 percent cleaner than any of the countries we get it from. So understand that by outsourcing our domestic energy production to Venezuela, we're actually creating more pollution. Why? Because now we have it produced filthier and it costs additional fuel just to get that energy back into the country. That's stupid. Use your common sense. So why would they really do it if they cared about cleaning up the environment? Oh, I get it. 
That's because they don't care about cleaning up the environment. They care about getting paid. OK, they care about exploiting Oh, the world's going to end. Give us the money. We've got to break the rules. You've got to give up your freedoms. You know, over an hour in, in Ireland right now, they're killing cows. Farmers are protesting, but the green energy people are going to start killing cows. They're culling cows because they're bad for the environment. They're crazy. No, these are, they're not crazy. They know this isn't true. They just know it pays well. The climate agenda is no different than the COVID agenda. The COVID agenda allowed them to control schools and businesses and churches, everything in between. Can't go out of the house unless you're riding. Okay, if you're going to loot a Nike store, COVID knows you're looting a Nike store. Why? COVID was made in China. The Nikes are made in China. There's a a genetic sync up there. They get it. They understand one and the other are the same. COVID won't attack you if it's looting the Nike store. But if you go to church, you're going to die of COVID. Okay, if you go to school, not good. You go, you know, go to the mall, you're going to die. But, you know, if you want to loot, you want to riot, you can, you can do it. Okay, they literally contradicted their own public health initiatives in the name of advancing a political agenda. At one point, the COVID people were telling you, okay, we were time to start taking away your freedoms. And the vaccine didn't work, but they were still saying this. It's time to start shaming you. Not getting vaccines. It's time to start shaming them. Because, frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. The- f*** them, f*** their freedom. I want my freedom to live. No, screw your freedom. You're a schmuck for not wearing a mask. We have to stop coddling the morons who will not get the shot. Shame on you. <laughs> I'm surrounded by idiots. Now, again, they were willing to say that, and it didn't work. The vaccine didn't work, did not stop transmission. A vaccine is not there to lessen symptoms. That is called a therapeutic. Okay, it wasn't a vaccine. I got it. It's not a vaccine. Okay, understand, if they're willing to lie about the vaccine, are you ready for it? They're willing to lie about the weather. Because lying about the weather allows them to control you just the same. Well, we can't have you drive that. The weather. Can't have you eat that. The weather. I'm telling you, it's bad. What kind of business you want to open? Not with this weather. Oh, hell no. Ain't nobody opening nothing like that with this weather. Uh Uh-uh. And that's what they do. Here's RFK Jr., Robert uh, Fitzgerald Kennedy Jr., running for president himself in the Democratic Party. They're not paying a lot of attention to him on the left. Elon Musk is about to give him a Twitter space. Okay, but here he is. He doesn't he has a a condition that limits his speech. I don't know the specific medical condition, but the Democrats are hoping it gets worse because they don't want him reading these truths out loud. Let me give you a little bit of him explaining that climate issues are just there to be exploited like covid clip 11. Climate issues and pollution issues are being exploited by, you know, the the World Economic Forum and Bill Gates and all of these uh, big, you know, mega billionaires the same way that COVID was exploited, uh, to use it as an excuse to clamp down top-down totalitarian controls on society and to um, and then to give us engineering solutions. And if you look closely, as it turns out, the guys who are promoting those engineering solutions are the people who, who own the IPs, the patents for those solutions. Did you hear what he said there? Okay. The guys that are promoting the climate solutions are the guys who own the patents to the solutions. Money, 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 money. It's very simple, man. If they'll lie to you about what you're putting in your body and whether or not your kids need to take it. You understand over in Europe they don't let kids take the vaccine. They don't have enough data on how it's going to affect them long term. They're no longer mandating that women take it because they don't know how it's going to affect their reproductive health. 
Okay, the Democrats tell you everything in this country revolves around a woman's reproductive health and her reproductive rights, yet those same Democrats were willing to force a vaccine on women with no long-term data as to how it would affect them. Why did they do it? Because exploiting the vaccine and blaming the unvaccinated was a justification for taking away all your freedoms. They're doing the same thing with COVID. If they'll lie about the vaccine, they'll lie about the weather. Okay, and if you're someone who doesn't want to be so cynical... Okay, you could also reframe it as if they were wrong about the vaccine, they were wrong about the weather. But you got to ask yourself, (laughs) why are they wrong all the time if it happens to pay them so well? Okay, you think about it. They'd make less money being right. So are they really wrong or are they really just getting paid? I think I just gave you the answer. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon putting the finishing touches on a phenomenal hour of radio. Oh, come on. What a rough crowd. A little pickup from here. Kennedy's joining us in the next hour. We're also going to hear from country music superstar John Rich for a grown-up talk about the U.S. of A., Uh, where despite our political differences, despite the overall aggressive decay in the quality of life, you are still blessed with American privilege where you get out of bed every day with something we like to call freedom! Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Is it ever... And we are fired up in this hour to bring you just an absolute embarrassment of Radio Riches. And I will give you a little programming note right off the tippy top of this hour of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. If you're a frequent listener to this show, I'm talking about you, Guantanamo Bay detainees, (laughs) prison inmates, insane asylum inhabitants. Uh, Then you know that we generally have our guests in at the half hour point. In each hour of the show, but every once in a while we get someone who's just so amazing, a guest I hold in such high regard that we would break the rules, have them top the hour. Now, this isn't one of those times. Uh, <laughs> Laura Ingram was not available. Miss Ingram was not available to join us, uh, but joining us now, one of my favorites uh, in the cable news industry or any industry for that matter. We can talk only fans. Uh, Kennedy's here and we're excited to have her. Hey, girl. Peeling bananas with our feet. <laughs> hey. If people saw what these receipts look like, if they saw <laughs> if they saw the Bitcoin transfers or whatever's coming our way, you just got off the outnumbered couch. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good Hallelujah. to see you. Great to see you, Jim. How about it? And what a great weekend it was. It really, Davenport did not disappoint. Uh, the people there, they were hungry for it. They were asking for it. They are inundated with politics. So what's interesting in, in how Davenport sort of differs from some of the other cities we are visiting on the Laughs and Liberty Tour is they want to laugh. Yes. Like they want a little – yes, they, they desperately want to make fun of politics and politicians, but they also want to have a good time yep. because they – it is an onslaught. Yes. If you can't turn on a TV, it's, it's so sick though. You're like you're watching Nickelodeon with your kids. It's like Paw Patrol's on and they're like, Ron DeSantis, wrong for Paw Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki Haley voted to defund Paw Patrol. You're like, what's going on, Mom? Little Einstein's big problems for Tim Scott. <laughs> it's like you couldn't change a channel in the state of Iowa, not see a political ad. It was crazy. No, Ron DeSantis showed up 
in a nursery at a hospital to kiss newborns. And yeah. it's like, sir, Mr. Governor, please just just wait over there. <laughs> the baby is still covered with placenta and goo. <laughs> the, the campaigning is hard. So we we actually did. We ran a no pressure campaign. We did the opposite. We went to Mission Barbecue. It was glorious. Uh, fine establishment. This is, you know, very pro-America, veterans parking, great American meat, which I appreciated. Yes, it was solid. We got uh, the full rack. We got the full rack of beef ribs. But enough about what I was uh, showing in my caftan. <laughs> there Hello, it is. Everybody. Boom! Good night, everybody! <laughs> full rack. And then we had the, the three meat. We had about 12 different sides. It was a phenomenal time. That's that's how you should do barbecue. It's America. Green beans, coleslaw, corn on the cob, French fries. Pull the goalie. Hails to the yes. Yes, throw the fastball. So we had a fabulous meal at the Mission Barbecue, and the K-Train wanted ice cream. That's how it works. We didn't go to get ice cream. She wanted ice cream. She's like, I want ice cream. So we had to go get ice because that's I had, actually. I had a specific recommendation where I had to go and a specific thing that I was told to procure from the famous ice cream place. Yes. And I did. I asked Jimmy 25 times, like, can, you, can we go to ice cream? Mind? <laughs> When's ice I can, cream? I can drive. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know when I'm back. I can go. It's you, okay. I have cash. Do you know what time ice cream is? <laughs> so, do you want to go now or do you want to go later? Did so, you want to go later than now? It's so funny because I was like, I was actually on the phone with my child talking about his baseball game and I was getting texts from another child asking to go to get go to ice cream. Can we go to ice cream now? Do you want to go now or do you want to go a little later? <laughs> I can go later. It's fine. So we went to ice cream and we had ice cream at Whitey's and by all accounts it was fantastic. That's not the name of the staff, although it could have been. Definitely named. It was the yeah. name of the establishment uh, but it was fantastic by all accounts. Was it not? No, it was. I got the turtle sundae, yeah. which was, you know, beautiful Midwest Dairy, vanilla ice cream, Mm -hmm. perfect texture, not gelato, not bougie, with uh, hot chocolate sauce, not hot fudge, chocolate sauce, and hot butterscotch Mm -hmm. with uh, pecans. Oh, it was hot. It was hot. It was hot stuff. I am. I am. Just aroused thinking about Whitey's. <laughs> well, anyway. Not just the teenage wait staff. The point, the po- well, they were them too. Uh, yeah, that got a little awkward. No, it was good. We behaved well. <laughs> it was a first class experience. Well, it was first class for some of us. You, Kennedy and I flew out on the same flight. Uh, she was, of course, in first class, upgraded, sitting all fancy. Because we were on United, and I. I fly 750,000 miles a week uh-huh. on United, so, so I, I got the upgrade. You're a, you're a United celebrity. I was, of course, flying in a class called Rodeo Injury. <laughs> it's, like the, it's so funny when you fly commercial now, what a downhill slope it is in terms of class. Like elite gold. Do you want to talk about some of the people who are trying to change seats? <laughs> there was a lot of... There was, horse there was, trading? Yeah, there was a lot of horse trading going on. Certain people in my section didn't want to sit next to other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a very Middle East vibe going on. It was like I was sitting in a Borat a- a- episode where some people didn't want to sit with another oh. type of person, and it got a little heated. And the point is we had a nice time out in Iowa, it but we were best. not. I, I can't wait to go back to Iowa, but I'm, I'm very much looking forward to Mesa yes, now. Yes, Mesa, Arizona, this Saturday night, June the 10th. We'll be out there for your dry heat. You don't scare us. No. We're pumped up it's for that. It's a dry heat. It's, it, it's like... 98 in Phoenix mm-hmm. is like 80 in Clearwater. I would, yeah. Oh, Clearwater, the humidity was disgusting. I don't Jimmy's know how you're not Floridian. moving to Florida anytime soon. Never. No. They don't talk about that when they talk about the Florida miracle. No. They don't talk about the, the bugs and the oppressive humidity. No, not even a little bit. Uh, but we had fun in Clearwater. Don't get me wrong, girl. It's not you. It's me. Uh, but we were in Iowa. That's where we were. Uh, we were the only people in Iowa not running for president. So everybody else was up the road at like a roast. 
But it was a biker roast. Is that what it was? Yeah, ride and roast or roast and ride. It was one of those things. So it was like ribs and it's politicians. Like but I, I will, after hearing how many people showed up for that, I want to know who actually knows how to ride a motorcycle. Because yeah. you know Joni Ernst does. I'm not worried about that. Uh-huh. But like, has Ron DeSantis I don't know. I think I, I think Pence. Like, does he ro- know which is the clutch and which is the brake? Uh huh. I don't know the answer to that because I think Pence can ride. I believe that because I think Pence did. He had a he had a vest on. It's stolen valor if he didn't ride in. He had a vest on and he was shirtless. <laughs> That's not true. I thought it was a sexy look. He had on the chaps. Yeah. It's a little cheeky. I was surprised personally. It's my Indiana fella. <laughs> I got your culvers right here. So so he was there. Tim Scott was in the house. Uh, DeSantis. Everyone was there except Trump. Trump didn't go. But everybody else was out at the roast having a grand old time. And while they were out uh, campaigning in Iowa, probably in the shadow of what we were doing down the road in Davenport, mm-hmm. to be clear, they were probably bummed when they heard, they're like, oh, laughs and liberties here. Yeah. We were also doing some asbestos testing. Yeah, we were doing that as well. Uh, Back here, uh, and I'm sure you might have talked about this on the Outnumbered Couch. Did the New York Times piece come up about Biden's age? Oh, yeah. It's actually great. (laughs) I mean, it's really nice that someone only works four hours a day. And his staff knows to accommodate... His his maximum hours. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's wonderful. No, it's good that we have that relationship. The fact relationship. that you can't talk to him on weekends and we have to let him sleep for three days at a time, that's a net positive. No, a lot of people don't realize that in the old traditional Washington, calling the president Batman would have been frowned upon. But doing it now because he believes he's Batman, it's actually efficient. Yeah. Because you don't nice have to, to do. You don't, in, the, in the past, you'd have to go through Bruce Wayne to get to Batman. And I, I love how they're selling it like, you know, he's a step slower. Yeah. You know, he, he's a little hard of hearing. No, he's incapable of running the country. He, the, the man can't function. But At this point, it's it's cruel. Stop shellacking cool. a turd. It's not It's not cool. Like, you, felt, yeah, you genuinely do feel bad. But this is the question I wanted to ask you, because this is what I was talking about. I mean, they're going to shill for whoever the Democratic nominee happens to be. I mean, they're essentially just being put in this place by the party who wants Biden to run because the things we see as detriments, I think, to them are positives because it's probably allowing other unelected people to be the president. Is that kind of his appeal? Yeah, rampant inflation, rising yeah. gas prices. Sucks for know, us. World war on two fronts. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Like, where do I get more of that? <laughs> but they want. But the people running things behind the scenes think this is going well. Yeah, and Jen Psaki is saying, no, we run things behind the scenes like we do things in private that you don't see it's like that's not the american way that's the north korean way yeah that's the venezuelan way not necessarily the american way that is what they do in iran it's the south american way yeah Yeah. it's not what we do here (laughs) he said he was going to be the you know unite all americans i think he did believe south americans we just we didn't hear it it didn't come out the right way yeah he wants to build a wall around new mexico (laughs) kennedy is in the studio against our better judgment uh if you're just joining us i I don't know how that happened i kid did you cover this one other thing because now we always joke about whoever the republican is even if they were the libertarian say you know heaven forbid whoever's challenging the democrat gets the is going to be trump whether it's trump or not they're a white supremacist they're evil they're an existential threat to the country there's kind of some carryover between the candidates and the spouses did you see the casey desantis thing i did what garbage that is yeah who is giving up on writing you yeah. know who's just farting out these <laughs> mediocre hit pieces that if you're going to write a hit piece mm-hmm. At least have it be clever and entertaining. It was yeah. neither of those things. It mm. was elitist yeah. and, you know, frigid and bland. And what's funny about it, though, is Melania Trump was, you know, she was um, famously attacked for being a, a model who wore expensive clothes. And now they're begging on Casey DeSantis for wearing what they called red state bargain bin gear. Yeah, because they said she's a Walmart Melania. 
I think that she should put that on the back of her jacket. That would be funny. <laughs> that actually would be funny. Yes. Walmart Milan. Yeah. And then people would be like, hells yeah. I, I love Walmart. Do people have I, I don't think they have any idea. Like if you're if you're in a country where seventy percent of people are living paycheck to paycheck, a Walmart Milani is a lot of people's best case scenario. Yeah, that's how I say it on outnumbered. Like people used to shop at Macy's for clothes. They can't anymore because things are, A, too expensive, and, B, they're also expensive because stores have had to raise prices because of rampant theft. Yep. So they they have no choice but to go to Walmart Mm -hmm. where it's the last place Mm -hmm. where you can get stuff for your family without having to sell your blood or a kidney. (laughs) Think of it this way, too. Okay, because people try to beg on the Walmarts of the world. Fashion is not about what you spend. It's about getting your look down. It's about capturing your energy. Amen. And in the song uh, "Redneck Women," uh, there's a famous line where she says, uh, "Victoria's Secrets, their stuff's real nice, but I can find the same damn thing on a Walmart shelf, half price, and still look sexy, just as sexy as can be." And I would argue that anyone listening to this would not have an issue if you showed up in the Walmart lingerie yeah. of the Victoria. I'm sorry, honey. I'm going to need to see some I tags. Check a, la- check a label right now. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey. Don't take that off yet. Do not. Do not. <laughs> Are you listening to me? Ladies, you've been had. Better not be made in China. <laughs> now, before you come strutting in here in that little sexy onesie of yours, <laughs> I need to make sure it was made in America. No, you don't. It's so stupid. No, you you're, you'd be happy with a Walmart hooker. Oh, would you ever? Would yep. you ever? Uh, <laughs> this is the fun, kind of fun we have in the Laughs and Liberty tour. It might have been the it's only classy. Gym. Yeah, no, it's it's a high class for mm-hmm. us. This is high class. Uh, but really quick, then one last thing because you're talking about like people being out of touch, people being out of step. James Comey said there's only one choice, and that choice is Joe Biden. No, there actually there should be a proliferation of choices. Mm-hmm. We deserve choices. Yes. We do. Like that's like saying there's only one choice: plain Lay's potato chips. <laughs> it's like no, bitch. I want Hal's <laughs> sea salt and vinegar. Quack. What's the movie where he's like uh, they yell at like you know you know like the bad news is there's only <laughs> for dinner. <laughs> But the good news is there's plenty of it. That's James Comey. <laughs> James Comey's political buffet. Ugh. We only serve. This, we only serve. But it's all you can have. This compromised giraffe. Oh, is he just the worst? Yeah. Writing books now. Just go lay down and don't emerge. What she's trying to say, everyone is welcome to see the Laughs and Liberty tour. <laughs> Even this, James Comey. Even James Comey can come, but sit in the back so you're not blocking someone's view. Yeah. You seven foot twelve. Unless Harry, emo. unless Prince Harry is sitting behind you, then you can block. Him. Yeah, you could block Prince Harry's view. We just like 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 coronation style. Mm-hmm. That's hot. Uh, come for the comedy, stay for the paparazzi chase with Kennedy, myself, and it Prince Harry. It was a high speed chase <laughs> in traffic. More after this on the Big Bad, one and only Fox Across America. Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Shout out to the K Train, and you better come see us in Mesa, Arizona this Saturday night. It's June the 10th. Come on, man. It's going to be a wild one. Uh, It will not be, though, as politically militant as a Paramore concert that went down last week in the great state of of Florida. That was embarrassing. Well, you may not feel that way, but after you hear these clips, you might. Okay, Paramore's a band. They had a happening hit like 10 years ago. 
Uh, I'm still into you. I actually like the song. I thought it had a good jingle. Uh, but the band, uh, Haley Williams, the lead singer, tells a crowd that if you vote for Ron DeSantis, you're dead to me. Oh, shut up, woman. Yeah, nobody cares. <laughs> It's just the dumbest thing in the world. When celebrities like music, like singers, actors, even comedians start, you know, taking these political stances of like, I don't want to perform for people who don't vote the way that I vote. Are you stupid or something? You have to be stupid. Okay, number one, you're alienating half of your potential customers. Number two, are you ready for it? None of these people have any idea what they're talking about. She's taking this stance. Why? Because she's parroting the narrative that Ron DeSantis is banning gay people. That is a fact check false. And that they're banning books. That is a fact check false. The only thing that's been pulled out of a Florida library is something that is so pornographic that it can't be read on TV. Every book that was pulled out of a Florida library, DeSantis attempted to read on TV. And the media was like, no, can't do it. Can't cover it. We'll cover shootings, beheadings by ISIS. You want to watch a bomb fall in Moscow or Ukraine? We're there. Okay, but we're not going to read you this stuff that they're reading to our little kids. That's not right. Not not right that they won't read it. Not right that it's being read to little kids. If it can't make it onto the news, it shouldn't make it into a kindergarten classroom or a sixth-grade classroom or a seventh-grade classroom. But here's Haley Williams saying, if you vote for DeSantis, you're dead to me. Clip 13. I'll be happy to tell you, I'm very comfortable talking politics. I just, and if you vote for Ron DeSantis, you're dead to me. Oh, gosh. What would you do with a brain if you had one? If you vote for Ron DeSantis, you're dead to me. Just shut up. (laughs) Who cares? Uh, Listen, man. I'm happy for this woman that she's found success as a singer. I'm happy for everybody who finds success as a ball player, as an actor, or anything in between. But if you want to help this country for real, we actually need common culture. We need places people can go to put their political differences aside. Late night comedy used to do that. Sporting events used to do that. Okay? Comedy shows in general uh, were essentially apolitical in that the guy might espouse some views, but you never characterize them as hate crimes. You never, you know... We're like, well, you can't tell that joke. People are going to die. Okay, we all knew the difference between a joke and a hate crime. Uh, If you don't, uh, get out to Mesa, Arizona this Saturday. We'll explain it to you. But here's another idiot down in Florida. This is Representative Maxwell Frost. And he is talking about DeSantis and says, F DeSantis. It says, F fascism. Here it is, clip 12. You can't even hear it because the beep is most of it, but... Shut up, fool! Basically. F DeSantis and F fascism! (laughs) Just clown stuff. Okay, there's no fascism. First of all, he's a fascist. You wouldn't be criticizing him. Second of all, if he was a fascist, he would have been forcing the government programs on you. Okay? He was the guy saying do whatever the hell you want. I think he's got a point. Think about it. Was Ron DeSantis forcing... The government vaccine on you? The answer would be no. Was he firing from your job if you didn't get the medicine against your will? The answer would be no. Really? Was he denying you the right to go out to dinner? The answer would be no. Did he tell you you couldn't go on one of Florida's cruise ships if you didn't get the vaccine? The answer would be no. No. You know who did tell you all of those things? The Democrats. Oh, wow! The point is, this is the dumbest time that's ever been to be alive. Because the people yelling the most are the ones that know the least. 
And when you get on stage, it's after Santos, he's a fascist. Okay, you're calling him a fascist for not doing any of the things that your party did. Democrats are so full of crap. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, country legend John Rich around the corner in the next hour. But right now you got to buckle up because there's some more you and me time headed our way. 888-788-9910 if you want a part of this shindig, a shindig that will end an hour and a half from now and see me take my talents over to the television set where I'll be teaming up with Harris Faulkner, who is hosting Fox News tonight, and she cannot wait to have me in the lineup. That is offensive, and it is not true. So silly. I'll tell you what's offensive and not true. So something you've heard me say in the run-up to this 2024 Republican primary is that whether Trump gets the nomination, okay, or somebody else gets the nomination, because there's a lot of conventional wisdom out there that says DeSantis could get it. Wrong. All right, whatever. But the point is, say, Tim Scott would get it. Wrong. Okay. The point I'm trying to make here, let's have a conversation, is whoever gets the Republican nomination is going to get the Trump treatment, meaning they tell you, you know, Trump's a white supremacist, he's a racist, he hates women and minorities and gays. That's his whole, that's what he does. So the Democrats do. Every Whoever runs is a bigot. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. But the point I'm trying to make here, because there's a fascinating overlap, okay, is, you know, Mitt Romney, we were told, if you remember, okay, was a white supremacist. Joe Biden famously went to Howard University and told a historically black college that if Mitt Romney got elected, he was going to put the black community Back in chains. What the hell did you just say? This is Joe Biden, who was campaigning on behalf of Barack Obama. Joe Biden, who, by the way, once eulogized a Klan member, okay, in the name of Robert Byrd, okay, was telling Howard University, no, this guy's going to put black people back in chains. Do you see? It's vicious. It's disgusting. And it's not based in any fact. Okay, we're living in the death of shame. The Democratic playbook is to call a Republican nominee a racist. If Tim Scott gets the nomination, Tim Scott, a black man, will get called a white supremacist. Okay, they will do that because it's what they do. But I'm drawing this distinction not this time around with candidates, but with spouses. Because another thing you need to know, there's a fascinating article out today from the Daily Beast that shows you where that standard applies just the same to Republican first women, okay? And I love this one so much It's because it's so transparent and these people are just seething with such contempt for their ideological others and they're surrounded by people who feel the same way. They hate you, okay? They hate people who don't agree with them. They'll fire you from your job if you don't get the vaccine that they want. Okay, they'll ban you from working if you don't tweet something they agree with online. We got to fire them. We got to cancel them. That's who they are. Okay, and understand that when it comes to Republican nominees, all getting the same treatment as white supremacists and horrible and everything in between, the same goes for their their women, for their wives, for their spouses. Okay, in this instance, the Daily Beast publishes a piece that says Casey DeSantis is the Walmart Melania. Would you shut up? I didn't say it. They said it. Casey DeSantis is the Walmart Melania. What? 
the hell were you thinking? Well, it was Katie Baker who was thinking it. She's the author. She's the author. And uh, she used her real name on this piece, which she's proud of this work. Okay. Uh, She's explaining why she has a problem with the leather jacket that Casey DeSantis wore over the weekend. But understand, to start at the tippy, tippy top. Okay. She's calling her the Walmart Melania. Now, what was the big criticism of Melania? Oh, she's rich. She's an out-of-touch supermodel. Look at all the fancy, expensive clothes she's wearing. So then Casey DeSantis shows up with what this author says is an affordable jacket. And now she wants you to believe that's a bad thing, too. Okay? So understand, if Melania is awful for wearing fancy clothes and Casey DeSantis is awful for wearing affordable clothes, what is the author really trying to say? No matter who the woman is, if she's a Republican, we're going to bash her. Bingo. Okay, there's a have-it-both-ways mentality to this, but the truth is they're having it one way, which is all Republican women are evil. He knows what he's talking about. That's the claim. Okay, think about it. Like women's marches. Women's marches are not about feminism. First of all, they're allowing biological men to join them. But second of all, they're about Democratic women. Pro-life women don't get invited to the Women's March. They don't want to hear you there, okay? They don't want any of these women who support strong families. They don't want the nuclear family. They don't want women who are pushing that sort of thing and choosing life or choosing adoption if you have an unwanted pregnancy, okay? They want women who wear abortion like it's a a hot topic brand on a sleeve, like pin one on your jacket like it's flair. Hey, I got an abortion. I'm so rad. That's what they're doing now. They consider women's empowerment spending the majority of your existence in a cubicle, basing all of your success and worth to society on the growth of your career. Okay, they no longer frame someone like Casey DeSantis, who supports her husband, raises a great family, overcomes cancer as a model citizen. Because she's not out there pushing for abortion and to destroy the patriarchy and all the other identity politics, blah, blah, blah. That was absolutely dreadful. Of course. But here's the article. It's so crazy. So I'm going to quote from it. The first lady of Florida showed up on the campaign trail in Iowa this weekend wearing a ghastly black leather jacket, American flag on the front and alligator on the silhouette of her state on the back with the sneering words, where woke goes to die. It brought to mind nothing so much as the racks of a red state big bin store where it would be retailing for $24.99. So this is the criticism. Oh my gosh, the first lady shopped at a red state bargain bin store. Yeah, here's a newsflash. So does most of the country when we're living paycheck to paycheck, 70% of us under a Democratic president. Okay, but getting past it, she then compares with Casey's jacket to Melania saying, you know, Melania wore the I really don't care jacket when the press was criticizing her. She went down to migrant facilities in Texas where Donald Trump's administration was ripping babies out of the arms of their parents. Okay, here's a newsflash. Kids in cages, as they called them then under Trump. Okay, under Biden, it's a migrant uh, resort and uh, well-being facility. But they're the same cages, if you will that were built and opened up under Barack Obama. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But the point is, under Trump, you see, oh, she's ripping babies out of the arms of their parents. Family separation was designed to make sure the kids were coming across the border with someone who actually was a member of their family. Because cartels and human traffickers know they have a higher chance of getting their asylum case granted if they're accompanied by a minor. 
So dating all the way back to George W. Bush as both a deterrent to stop people from breaking the law and coming here illegally, but as a means of making sure someone wasn't exploiting our asylum laws, they began separating families for the well-being of the children involved, okay? You understand 30% of the women who cross this border illegally are sexually assaulted. Every girl who crosses this border illegally above the age of 12 is getting a pregnancy test because of the things that happened to her at the, at the hands of the cartel along the way. This is the type of humanitarian crisis the Biden administration is indifferent to. Okay, but stick with me. Okay, the author has no problem with Joe Biden taking, and I mean hundreds of thousands of more women, okay, tens of thousands of more families and separating them. And yes, detaining them in those very cages that they were under Trump, but are now apparently a migrant resort and wellness spa under Biden because the media doesn't say a word about it under Biden the way they did and cried and screamed under Trump. But getting past the double standard of it all, you have to understand what's happening here. Excuse me. She goes on to write Casey DeSantis's coat is just like her husband Ron DeSantis's campaign. Crude, grasping, saying the ugly part out loud. DeSantis wants to peel off Trump's base by being even more explicit about who he intends to target. You can see it right there on his wife's jacket. DeSantis's Florida is where the woke go to die. And a lot of other people die as well. Wait, what? A lot of what? Not even close! <laughs> <laughs> I'll read it again. DeSantis is Florida's where the woke go to die, and a lot of other people die as well. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I mean, seriously. Who is going, who is dying in Florida because of Ron DeSantis's policies? You know what the answer is? Nobody. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Okay, they didn't ban gay people. They're not arresting gay people. Okay, they're not throwing people that are pro-choice in jail for life. They didn't sentence any people who wrote the child's sex books to a firing squad. Nobody's dying because of his policies. Okay, this is how the Democrats get stuff done. This guy's evil, and even his wife's fashion is a reminder to everybody that he's evil. And they're not afraid to be evil. They're saying the quiet part out loud. No. Okay. Telling people that they can't barbarically, you know, remove, you know, castrate children and call it gender affirming care is not being a fascist. Okay. It's not being a, someone who's going to kill people. Like if we were having an objective conversation about the policies of harm. Okay, the people telling you that a child who is a minor who can't consent to adult decisions like voting or drinking, buying cigarettes, getting a tattoo, getting a boob job, the people who are now actively working to give those kids choice over their bodies and submit themselves to permanently altering surgeries, okay, that come with a lifetime supply of follow-up surgeries and follow-up medications, I'll say it in English, Those are the barbarians. Those are the people that are jeopardizing the well-being of lives in the name of their politics. Okay, but what this author, what this writer wants you to believe, and I'll give it to you. Okay, we've got a sunshine state Lady Macbeth in her green cape and white gloves 
with her middling husband and her thirst for the crown. And we've got a guy who wants to be sitting in a corner mumbling about the Federalist Papers and gobbling pudding off his fingers. I mean, my goodness gracious, you've got it. You're you're supporting a president right now whose wife literally has to show him on and off stage because the guy doesn't know where he is. Biden's lost his marbles. I mean, think about that. We've got a president right now this woman supports who's shaking hands with invisible people. Okay, oh, but she supports a president. DeSantis is going to be off in the corner mumbling about the Federalist Papers, gobbling, putting off his fingers. Okay. According to Baker, neither Melania Trump or Casey DeSantis would ever embody the class and effortless elegance of Michelle Obama or Dr. Jill Biden. (laughs) 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 Dr. Jill Biden, who's not a real doctor, by the way. I love when they work that into the conversation because piggybacking off the view, we're going to talk about them in the next hour. They famously once nominated her to be the Surgeon General of the United States, the only problem being... She wasn't a doctor. But let me give you a little more of the quote. Those first ladies have used fashion, not as a punitive tool to stick it to political enemies, nor as a bored nihilistic shrug, but as something generous and welcoming. So she's saying Michelle Obama's fashion, Jill Biden's fashion, was generous and welcoming. And it is true. Okay, Jill Biden's fashion says if you're willing to shoot a couch... And wear the print as a dress, you too could look like the first lady. That is correct. Okay. It's so embarrassing because what are they really trying to do in this moment? First of all, Melania Trump is a fashion model. She is an actual supermodel. Hubba, hubba. Okay. Think about that. She's an actual supermodel. And to be clear... Okay, the people who supposedly champion women, champion ideas like diversity. Melania Trump is a self-made woman. She was making tens of millions of dollars before she met the president as a supermodel. She speaks five different languages. Did any of if she was a Democrat, she would be on the cover of 500 magazines. But because she married Trump, she didn't get on any magazines. Why? Because it's not about women and diversity and versatility and empowerment. It's about Democrats every single time. And if you don't believe me and you don't get to read the profile on Casey DeSantis, read whatever profile they write on the next Republican woman that walks onto the stage with her husband or heaven forbid a Republican woman that runs like Nikki Haley. Because the truth is They all get out there and say, we support women. There's a special place in hell for women who don't support other women. What were we told when we didn't vote for Hillary? Well, it's because we're a sexist and the patriarchy and blah, blah, blah. So you got Melania Trump, an immigrant who speaks five languages as a supermodel. She doesn't qualify as a woman worth celebrating. Casey DeSantis literally overcomes cancer. She doesn't qualify as a woman worth celebrating. No, they're both demons. Now, is that true? Of course not. What we've really learned to be true is that no matter who the nominee is, no matter who the wife is, when it comes to the Democrat characterization, they're always full of it's the number one show with humans and animals. Nice beaver. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is the high flying, death defying Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. 
We're going to be talking in the next hour about a TV show called The View. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 <laughs> Listen, I always say this show is America's family meeting. And we get together at the little radio dinner table and talk about what we learned in our travels that day. Well, what I learned in my travels today is that Tim Scott went on The View. And the point I was making in the earlier break is that Democrats treat every Republican like a racist white supremacist dirtbag. They treat all of the first ladies like a racist white supremacist dirtbag. Tim Scott is, of course, not married. So I can only imagine they're going to start going after his 96-year-old mom in the meantime. They are so desperate to avoid a conversation about substance. That's the problem. Okay, do you understand, like Casey DeSantis, the woman getting bashed in the Daily Beast as a dime store Melania? The criticism of Melania is she was too rich and her clothes cost too much. Now we're being told Casey DeSantis's clothes don't cost enough. What are the Democrats telling you? Yes, again and again and again. Okay, they're completely full of it. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Okay, but even so, okay, why do they go after Casey DeSantis for her fashion, for pretending her husband is a wannabe Hitler? Because they don't want to openly acknowledge that people support their ideas. Ron DeSantis's Parental Rights and Education Act, okay, has the support of nearly 80 percent of parents. Why? Because it's not a ban on gay people. It doesn't say the word gay anywhere in the six pages of the text. The Democrats characterized it as that because they're in a much better position fighting a straw man argument about the bill than telling the real truth about the bill. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, and that's why they go after Casey DeSantis. Casey DeSantis overcame cancer. Okay, you understand? She supports her husband. She wants parents to have a say in their child's education. As a parent herself, she doesn't want to genetic, you know, mutilate the bodies of young children. She doesn't want experimental hormone blockers going into her their bodies. That doesn't make her a barbarian. That doesn't make her dime store Melania. That makes her someone that 99% of parents in this country agree with. Because if you've ever raised a kid, then you know the truth. They're so busy developing in those early years all the way through their teen years that the stop the midway isn't about their well-being. It's about your own political well-being. And that's the scam of this moment right now. Democrats want you to believe they're just looking out for kids. But all of that gender-affirming blah, blah, blah is just agenda-affirming care. You're absolutely right. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are back in action, fired up, ready to roll for a big hour of Fox Across America, a huge hour. And no, we're not just talking about my weight after the weekend in Iowa. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. Stop it. I'm working it out, and I'm going to get some backup in this hour. John Rich, country music superstar, going to be stopping by for a grown-up talk about all things America. We've got about 85 people now running for president in the Republican Party, including Tim Scott, who just went on The View a little while ago. What an idiot. Now, I like the fact that Tim Scott went on The View because, in truth, okay, bringing his message, bringing a message of substance to the identity politics world of the Democrat TV viewer is always a winning message, always a good day for the Republican Party. And it's always good to, you know, 
espouse a little truth when it comes to America in 2023. Democrats want you to believe, you know, that it's 1823. You know, even The View, they tried saying that Tim Scott was the exception. Oh, easy for him to say. He has a good life. He's running for president as a black man. He's the exception, not the rule. But is he, though? Okay, 40% of the panelists on The View happen to be black. We just had a black president. The guy wasn't particularly good at the job. Don't be thick, all right? But stick with me. We now have a black vice president who's so dumb she studied for a COVID test. Okay, we are not an oppressive country. And the problem I keep having with the Democratic Party is they like to use people who should be symbols of empowerment of the spectacular possibilities of life in this country and instead be used as people to sell you oppression. That's what the Democratic Party does, okay? Black people get elected to the highest office in the land, okay? Black women, black men, okay, Latino women. You know, if you talk about somebody like, oh, I don't know, maybe AOC. AOC is a dope. Okay, but even, you know, Native American women like Elizabeth Warren. Okay, they get elected to the highest office in the land and then want you to believe America is a white supremacist nation. In fact, we're so white supremacist, we're now electing the we're now electing the minorities to govern us. That's the argument they're trying to make here. No, it's I'm telling you, we're oppressed. It's not good. You know, that's what they're doing. So when Tim Scott shows up and goes, you know, by the way, I uh, grew up in the worst part of the South, like he inherited the Jim Crow South. You know, the Dixiecrats, the Democratic-run Jim Crow South is where Tim Scott grew up and became the first black man to serve in both houses of Congress. He is a testament to the spectacular possibilities of life in this country. But what would the view have you believe? They'd have you to believe, well, if you're black, you, you know, shouldn't even walk out the door. Cops are out to get you. Everybody hates you. You're under attack. It's obviously not true. But that's the world we're living in. This is The View reacting to Tim Scott's announcement when he made it. It is clip four. He's one of these guys who, you know, he's like Clarence Thomas, black Republican who believes in pulling yourself by your bootstraps rather than, to me, understanding the systemic racism that African-Americans face in this country and other minorities. He doesn't get it. Neither does uh, Clarence. Right. And that's why they're Republicans. One of the issues that Tim Scott um, has is that he seems to think because I made it, everyone can make it. Ignoring, again, the fact that he is the exception and not the rule. And until he is I, the rule, he has- then he can stop talking about systemic racism. That was embarrassing. Okay, she says Tim Scott is the exception, not the rule. <laughs> this is a black woman who's a millionaire, who's on TV, sitting across from a black woman who's a millionaire, who's on TV. Telling you that Tim Scott's success as a black man is the exception. Come on, don't bullshit me. This is the scam of identity politics. Identity politics is selling you victimhood over victorhood. That's what they're doing. You can't do it. It's not yes, we can. Barack Obama ran on yes, we can. Yes, we can. Okay, that was empowering. Give him credit. Okay, in the modern Democratic Party, if he showed up to run for president and said yes, we can... They'd be like, check your privilege, half-white guy. They wouldn't consider him the first black president. They'd consider him a half-white guy who was out of touch with the realities facing this country. Do you realize how stupid you have to be as a black millionaire TV presenter to get on TV and call someone else an exception? As you're sitting there as the living, okay, 
refutation of exactly what you're saying. Tim Scott, to his credit, called them out on the show. Here it is, clip 25. You have indicated that you don't believe in systemic racism. What is your definition of systemic racism? Let me ask, answer the uh, question that you've answered. Does it ex- or does it even exist yeah. in your mind? Let me, let me uh, answer the question this way. One of the things that I think about, and one of the reasons why I'm on the show, is because of the comments that were made, frankly, on this show, that the only way for a young African-American kid to be successful in this country is to be the exception and not the rule. That is a dangerous, offensive disgusting message to send to our young people today that the only way to succeed is by being the exception. I will tell you that if my life is the exception, uh, I can't imagine. But, but, I can't but it Im- is. But it's not, actually. Now, that's not the Views audience cheering, obviously. <laughs> but Tim Scott deserves all the credit. His life is not the exception. Look around our country. The view seems to believe, and it's, I got to be honest with you, it's an infantilizing view of black America. It's insulting. I mean, this is a party that says, well, it's, it's voter suppression. If you ask a black person for an ID, they're not capable of getting an ID. You talk about the soft bigotry of low expectations. How about instead of treating them as African-Americans, just treat them as Americans, black, instead of treating them as black people, just treat them as people. They're people. Like in what world do they not do black people not have ideas? This is crazy. Black people are running the country. They're running corporations. Okay, they're making millions of dollars all over the world as they should be, as they've been beyond capable of doing since the minute they set foot on this planet. Okay, yes, this is a country that was founded at the time of institutionalized slavery, but no country has done more to level that playing field. And you understand the acceleration of prosperity in the black community in this country is unparalleled by any other country in the world. We're living in an America where anybody can be anything. Have you seen that meme flying around about uh, Smokey Robinson where he says, I don't want to be called an African-American. I just want to be called an American. Why? Because guys like Smokey Robinson and Barry Gordy in the 1950s, the 1950s. We're able to make billions of dollars as black Americans in America, okay? Understand, this is like before even the civil rights movement because there was that much possibility, there was that much upward mobility in our system, okay? Yes, it was not fair and it was not perfect, which is why we fought and protested for the Civil War where 500,000 Americans died to end slavery, And then millions more fought and protested to end, okay, the Jim Crow era that was run by the Democrats. Yes, it was. Okay, but you understand the same Democrats that want to tell the black community they're oppressed are the ones responsible for the oppression. Who opposes school choice in the black community? The Democrats. Correct the mundo. Who wanted to defund the police? end result of which was the cut of billions of dollars from municipal police budgets, black murder rates of 35%. Who wanted to defund them? The Democrats. Correct the mundo. Who the hell's leaving the border open? Okay, flooding our streets with fentanyl and more violent crime. Oh, the Democrats. Correct the mundo. There's a trend here. Okay, at a time when we're sending hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine unaudited, I'm not telling you I support Vladimir Putin. We should just take his side. But I am telling you, at a time when Americans are suffering, 70% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, 
And yes, the black murder rate sadly has gone up 30 percent in the aftermath of Black Lives Matter. Okay, is the Biden administration doing anything to help that? Of course not. They're just telling you Republicans are racist. That's the grift. Now they're having the U.N. launch a committee on reparations. Why? Are they actually going to give anybody money? (laughs) Gavin Newsom just did the same thing in California. No, no, reparations. Why? You make the promise because we got an election coming up. Oh, we should vote for the Democrats because they're going to cut us a check after the election. (laughs) Most people know better now. You know, the Democrats are the ones that tried to justify the George Floyd riots by saying, well, these people have to riot. In the words of Martin Luther King, a riot is the language of the unheard. Now, that's an accurate quote by Dr. King. But the one thing the Democrats did not opine is why these people felt unheard after voting Democrat for the past 50 years. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. Okay, think about that. Oh, the riot's language of the unheard. It's... Shouldn't be surprised these people are speaking up. Okay, fine. Well, who's been ignoring them? You guys. Okay, that's the hook here. The Democrats hold back the black community and then accuse the rest of us of bigotry as a means of not having a substantive debate about their own policies. Here is Tim Scott talking about race. It's clip 26. You yourself have talked about when the police stopped you. Absolutely. So how can you get your party to stop trying to stop the progression that people are making. Yeah, so, that's what I complained about when, when I spoke about yeah. I want you to come out and say, listen, the Republicans have these issues. So Yeah, I think yeah. humans have these issues. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the issue of discrimination that I have faced, I assume you face as well, mm-hmm. is an issue of the heart. Mm-hmm. It's not Republicans or Democrats. Frankly, both sides of the aisle can do a better job on the issue of race. And frankly, my side of the aisle, I think, is doing a fabulous job of making progress. And he's not wrong, okay, because what is his side of the aisle doing? It's treating people as Americans, as just people. They want to make money. They want to be safe. That's what they want to do. The Democrats just want to protect you from pretend racism. That's what they want to do. Oh, white supremacy. Oh, systemic racism. If America is systemically racist, there is no one less qualified to be leading us than a guy who's been a part of our 250-year-old government for the past 50 years. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Think about it. Does the view really care? No, we know the answer. Does the Democrat Party really care? Okay, in the summer of George Floyd, in the summer of 2020, when we were so hell-bent on rooting out racism in every corner of the universe, Aunt Jemima got canceled, never mind that a black family had made 100 years' worth of royalties, cut off that money. They don't deserve it. We're going <laughs> to we're going to cut off the money to this black family in the name of equality. That's what we're talking. No, no more for you guys. Mrs. Butterworth canceled. Uncle Ben's rice canceled. Uncle Ben's rice, by the way, named after a farmer, not a slave owner, a farmer in Texas who grew a famous long grain of rice. The actual uh, likeness on the box was a Chicago waiter who did receive royalties recurring for being Uncle Ben on the side of the box. But no, no, throw that family out of royalties because of equality. This is how stupid this is, these straw man arguments about race. But in the summer of 2020, when they were going to weed racism out of all of these corners of our pantry, they were nominating a guy who once eulogized a member of the Ku Klux Klan. Joe Biden eulogized Robert Byrd. I'm not making that up. This isn't like a Facebook argument where I went to I'mRight.com and came back with some garbage fact to try to shut somebody down. This is reality. Okay, the Democrats, the party of slavery. The Democrats, the party of the Klan. Okay, the way they get the conversation away from their past acts 
is by accusing their current opponents of fresh ones, fresh ones that aren't really happening. Is there racism in this country on some level? Yeah, there's always going to be. It's a byproduct of ignorance and stupidity. Okay, people don't understand something, so they grow to hate it, resent it, and fear it because they don't get the culture. That's where homophobia comes from. Okay, it's where racism comes from. But when we integrated this society and we all started to live amongst each other, we all came to realize that we're all the same. That's it. That's what it took. It took integrating society for people to realize we all had the same needs. Okay, I say it all the time. We all want to get paid. We all want to get laid. I love it when you talk dirty. Okay, but that's just reality. And Tim Scott is a guy who grew up in the deep south at the tough time in the south when the Democrats were still running the Jim Crow south persevered despite being born to a single mother at the lowest end of the socioeconomic scale. Tim Scott was a pregnancy the Democrats would encourage you to abort and applaud you for doing. Okay, because they're not selling a message of empowerment. They're not selling a message of, yes, we can. They, like the women on The View, are just trying to sell perpetual victimhood because they can blame that on Republicans instead of owning the policies they themselves have supported over the years. Really do appreciate the fact I got some beers. This show is so freaking dumb that my face is bored to tears. Cause Whoopie is a moron, and Joy is stupid too. Honey, why don't we turn off the view? so bad it hurts my head and none of this crap is true they say dumb things and they scream honey this ain't good is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be talking to country music superstar John Rich. And the next break right now is opening act up in Salisbury, Vermont, listening on WVMT. Dennis is in the house. Yo, Dennis. Hi, Jimmy. Uh, the View hosts, and I don't know their names except for Joy and Whoopi, uh, the one who said that uh, black people don't, quote-unquote, make it in America. They, they overlook the fact that the vast majority of those who die not having made it mm-hmm. are white. Yeah. They approach the statistics from the aspect that favors uh, you know, their narrative. And they'd also have you believe that the institution of slavery began in the USA, and it existed here long before whites arrived, and in Africa before colonialism and the... And the uh, you know, great exploration. Mm-hmm. 
it's likely that most that that many of the slaves who came across the Atlantic were slaves without food back in Africa. Mm-hmm. It's listen. So, but, yeah, go ahead. In in the timeline of history, right, mm-hmm. eighty years from creation of the country to the end of slavery is quite unusual and rapid in divorcing yourself from a historic institution, and we should be proud of accomplishing it uh, and not brood on the fact that we didn't come in first. Well, I think the point, that's the point Tim Scott is trying to make, is that he doesn't go on TV and go like, America's perfect, and it's always been perfect. He tries to make the point that no one's done more to level the playing field and that it's a a lot more level than the Democrats would have you know. And that's why they hate him. Oh, my, they cannot get him out of this race fast enough, you know, because they don't want that conversation having amongst black voters. I mean, the truth is, when you look at what holds back black America, it's what holds back all of America. High crime, a bad economy, you know, record levels of inflation, failing schools. That's not unique to a race. That's just unique to Democratic policies. So you get it, Dennis. Uh, But if you still want those tickets to The View, you are the 99th caller, so congratulations. Good stuff. We're going to be joined by John Rich when we come back right here on the big, bad, one and only, high-flying, death-defying Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon trying to hold this country together. It's getting messy out there. It's about to call in some heavyweight backup. You know what I'm saying? This, you know, Remember old pro wrestling? When God come running out of the locker room with a steel chair and just blast your opponent? I need one of those right now. We're flashing the bat signal. He is one half of Big and Rich, country music superstar, the owner of the Redneck Riviera whiskey brand, and a fabulous, a fabulous establishment on the Nashville Strip, I might add. And I'm not just pandering to get in for free. Uh, John Rich back on the show. Hey, man. Cousin, 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 how are you, sir? How's everything in the big city? Oh, man. You know, I was telling somebody the other day, my friend was visiting, and he's like, New York. He's like, you guys have a lot of joggers. I'm like, they're not jogging. They're being chased. That's that's how things are in the big city. We're all we're all running for it, you know. Yeah, it. I've always loved New York. Back back early on in the big and rich world, uh, you know, you go to New York and L.A. quite a bit, mm-hmm. and people always ask me, "You like New York or L.A. better, John?" When you're out traveling, I said, "Man, I'd rather be in New York ten times better than L.A. because I liked being able to walk around and go to all the cool bars and restaurants and see people and." Man, the last few times I've been in New York, uh, you don't pretty much don't leave the hotel no. while you're there. <laughs> it's it's actually true. And some of the hotels they don't even come to you. I was I'm not even kidding. I was staying in Midtown during the pandemic, and I was I had like a 4 a.m. Fox hit, and Fox stuck me in a hotel. I tried to order delivery the night before, and the guy legitimately told me he's like, "We don't deliver there anymore." I was like, "Are you crazy? Like, where am I right now? This is crazy, John Rich." But that's you know that's the reality of liberal policies, and I know you. You support them. How come? <laughs> well, I support them because they're sending all the good people to my state. And so they're, <laughs> they're running off all the good people. They're all coming to Tennessee and business is booming down here in the south. So, uh, hey, keep, <laughs> well it, keep it up in the big cities. We're, we're taking all your refugees and, and we love them. Well played. Uh, I, I always wonder, like, do you think like a guy like a Gavin Newsom's a good example? Do you think we're going to find out in 10 years that he was quietly like part owner of U-Haul? 
Well, if he is, this is the this is the smartest marketing ploy of all time. I mean, He's yeah, it. Uh, yeah. It's who knows, man. Gavin Newsom. God, talk about a guy who looks like you literally made him out of Play-Doh. I mean, he looks like a guy that you made out of plastic. Remember that Stretch Armstrong? Yeah. He's kind of like a skinny version of that. It doesn't look real to me, which is perfect, California plastic. But I will tell you, there's a lot of people in California, man, and you know this, mm-hmm. that are regular, hardworking, blue-collar, patriotic, God-family country people. I'm talking yep. millions and millions and millions of them out there, and they, they all get kind of lumped in with the with the nutcases in California. Yep. I feel terrible for them every time I see the news. No, you're spot on. John Rich is on the line. Because you know what happens? It's like me growing up in New York. If you grew up someplace and your family's there, uh, you, a lot of times you just don't want to abandon them and move to that better state. I mean, that's what's mm-hmm. kind of sustained in New York and California is the good people, the ones that are getting taken from. I mean, that's the biggest problem right now is, you know, they have really reconfigured society in a way that holds the good guy hostage. You know, that's a lot of what the Democrats are perpetuating. But as far as, you know, 2024 goes, there is hope. Uh, I, I'd like to believe we can beat a guy who doesn't even know the correct way to get off stage. How are you feeling about the race right now? <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it's it's interesting. You say you would hope we could beat a mm-hmm. guy that's that's falling down every other day. Let me ask you this question: Why do you think you couldn't beat him? Yeah, no, well. answer answer honestly. Answer <laughs> honestly. It would it wouldn't be because they have a better candidate. Mm-mm. So why would we not be able to beat Joe Biden? Now everybody listening right now is going, "Oh, I know what John's talking about." Yep. It's because we don't trust the system. Mm-mm. We don't trust the system that's out there. We don't we don't we don't trust any of it. We just watched what happened in Arizona. You realize Carrie Lake's case is now going to the Supreme court of the united states it doesn't get any coverage no coverage like it gets coverage on twitter Mm -hmm. that's right because nobody wants to nobody in positions of power wants to admit that the system is actually that bad you know why because there's a lot of republicans over the years who have also benefited from that exact same system jimmy well yeah this is both sides of the aisle two wings of the same bird that's what we're looking at oh uh, listen one thing i would give you i say this on the show all the time is 90 percent of washington is a member of the uniparty You know, they have an R or a D next to their name, but at the end of the day, there's one party running the country, and they're all kind of in on it. They love spending, and they love getting away with exactly what you're describing. I mean, I think where the big change happened is in mail-in voting, obviously, and the fact that they now just juice turnout. You know, when you think of mail-in voting and the Democratic stance on mail-in voting, you could go back to, say, 2014, 2015, and read New York Times op-eds saying we should never go to mail-in voting. Gosh knows what they'd get away with if we did that. And now here we are all in on Amer- on mail-in voting. And, you know, the Republican reaction is less of a fight now and more of an embrace. But I, t- I'm, you know, I'm like everybody else listening. It's a hard thing to believe in, you know. Well, what about the machines that are hooked up to the Internet? Yeah. I mean, we all saw that. The machines are hooked up to the Internet. Well, who else is hooked up to the Internet on this planet? I don't know. How about everybody? How about every enemy that we have, everybody on the Earth? is hooked into the Internet. So why do we have voting machines that access the Internet? And we could go down this list of things that no judge had the balls to, to put in court. Nobody had the, had the you-know-what to indict or to bring this down. Republican state legislatures, state after state after state, mm-hmm. refuse to go in and prosecute and, and investigate and dig into these situations. So back to your original question, mm-hmm. do you feel like we can beat the guy falling down eating applesauce in the basement? Well, <laughs> 
in any in any normal situation, it wouldn't even be a question. Mm-hmm. The fact that we have to question that speaks a lot to our our distrust of the system. Yeah, what a time to be alive. John Rich is on the line, and uh, he's basically saying throw out the current way we vote. And I, I guess you're saying you want Target and Bud Light to run it then. <laughs> I, I hope they run Joe's campaign. As a matter of fact, they probably are. I mean, they with, already are. Seen it lately? Yeah. Y'all come out drinking a Bud Light, you know, it'll be, it'll be great. I mean, it, it is upside down world. And, and I never thought I would see multi-billion dollar brands and companies go out and market in such a way that puts their whole business in jeopardy. I mean, be an ideologue, you know, be, be for what you're for and be hardcore at it. You're an American. Yep. Go do that. Well, that's but to crazy. sacrifice your business, mm-hmm. I mean, literally sacrifice it in the name of that. It, that, that doesn't even make sense to me at all. No, it's scary because what they're doing now is they basically – it's like we're, we're almost living in China where the corporations have social credit scores, and they want a good yeah. social credit score. So they're pursuing that at the expense of, like you said, their bottom line, but even so their customer. Like the funny thing about Bud Light is if you watch beer commercials over the last 30 years, Bud Light always had funny beer commercials. They were funny. They were ridiculous. And the fact that the woman who took over was like, oh, they were fratty. They're out of touch. You're insulting the people who responded to that marketing. It's like no different. Than when Miller Lite said, you know, the whole girl in bikini thing is bad. Have you ever been anywhere in polite society where they discriminated against a woman who looked good in a bikini? No, of course Thank not. You. I mean, they put they, they put a pinkies up white claw drinker uh, to run Bud Light, a blue collar beer brand. I mean, yep. come on, that's the dumbest move you could have possibly <laughs> ever done. Don't put somebody in charge of marketing to people that that she despises. Yes. I mean, what is what the hell is that? I mean, that's put what some, I think. Put a real Bud. Put me a put me a good <laughs> farmer, trucker, mechanic, somebody that had been drinking Bud Light for forty years. Yes. Ago. Hey Earl. Hey Earl. How would you? <laughs> how do you think we should market Bud Light? Well, by God, I'll tell you what I'd like to see, and then do that, and you'll sell more beer. I'm telling John Rich is on the line. He has a genius idea. Okay, you tell Bud Light they need a guy named Cletus. A guy named Cletus puts the sales right through the roof. Does he not? Of course. <laughs> yes, I mean that's how that's how this works. You know, you don't you don't have uh, you don't have guys wearing uh, wearing Izod shirts selling John Deere tractors. You got guys in Liberty overall selling John Deere tractors. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> yes. You know, my brand. I appreciate you mentioning it. You always do, and I, I so appreciate it. Redneck Riviera. My whiskey's in ten thousand plus stores now, and. Here's my marketing plan. Mm-hmm. If you support God, family, and country, Redneck Riviera is your brand. Mm-hmm. End of sentence. That's it. And I know I know not everybody loves God, family, and country. I'm not trying to sell whiskey to everybody. <laughs> I'm trying to sell my products to people that feel like I feel and want to have something great that they can afford and go, you know what? I believe in what this brand stands for. This is It's a real heartbreaker for people yeah. who've been loyal to a brand for decades and decades. I drink Bud Light. My daddy drank Bud Light. We drank Bud Light with my grandpa sitting around, you know, back in the day. Yeah. And now they go, I can't buy a Bud Light anymore. What am I going to buy? At my bar downtown in Nashville, it went from the number one beer to zero. Nobody would purchase it. And so we had to have the distributor come and pick up 118 cases of Bud Light from Redneck Riviera because nobody would buy it. And it got replaced with Yingling and some other beers like that. Now everybody's like, great, I think I love Yingling now. 
You know, people just move on and, and yeah. they put their money somewhere else. That's what I mean. I, and I, that's the part I don't think these woke marketing firms get is that, you know, the consumer has so many options. This idea that you can just show up now and insult them, I just think it's the, the dumbest thing. You know, the, when you were a kid, I was a kid, it was the customer's always right. And now in Madison Avenue, it's like the customer's always a racist. You know, it's, always a, it's the dumbest thing <laughs> well, I've ever heard. You know, well, I hope they enjoy their high social uh, equity scores or whatever they call it as a billion dollars a day goes walking out the door. <laughs> I mean, listen, people want to be left alone when it gets to the end of the day and you want to have a cold beer. Leave me alone. It's leave so me alone. I've been working all day. I want to have a couple of cold beers, maybe watch some sports and go to bed because I got to get back up and go back to work. But no, they couldn't leave people alone. They had to they had to go right at them again in a space where they, they truly just want to be left alone. And same thing with Target. Mm-hmm. You know, moms, dads walking in. Some moms and dads like what Target did, and some moms and dads don't. Well, there's a lot of moms and dads, yep. a lot. And they can go, you know what, I'm not shopping there anymore. No. And it's just as simple as that. That's not cancel culture, by the way, Jimmy. Yep. Cancel culture, I don't believe in. Cancel yep. culture is when somebody above your head turns you off. When they turn you off and you can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. This is ground up. This is bottom up. When millions of people at 20 and $30 a head turn you off, Mm -hmm. that's the customer being the king. That's the customer taking the reins back. So this is not a cancel culture issue. This is people revolting is what that is. No, it's it's fascinating. We had a tea party. Now we have a, a beer party. You know, it's, <laughs> it's the funny. Yeah, I, I just think people have had enough, and uh, there, there is, there are par- parallel economies happening right now. People, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've founded a bank with uh, Ben Carson and Larry Elder and some other guys called Old Glory Bank, and yeah. the point of that is, you'll never have your bank account canceled or frozen for exercising your constitutional rights. I mean, the fact that we even have to say that is yeah. pathetic. It's pathetic on its face. Why do we have to say that? Shouldn't that be the default position of every American? But it's not anymore, so you have to say it, and you have to build new hills for people to run to. Yeah, 100%. I mean, this, there's never been a dumber time to be alive. It's crazy because there's so many jobs I have no formal background in doing, you know, like politician or running a marketing firm or a company. But I walk around now feeling like I could do every one of them better than the people doing them. And it's, it's not supposed to be the case, but it's, it's reality. That's because you could. I know. That's but because you could, I could. You know, America, the, the original politicians did not even want to be in politics. They hated it. George yep. Washington was like, please do not make me do this. I do not want to do this. Mm-hmm. Sir, you have to do it. You're the best leader we've got. You, I don't want to do it. You know, these guys wanted to come in, do the job, and then get out of the way. Mm-hmm. That's what they wanted to do. But now these politicians, I say anybody yeah. that makes a career out of politics must have a mental disorder because <laughs> if you ever hung around politicians for very long, that's not the kind of people normal people want to hang out with. <laughs> that's a good, yo, I just got back from D.C. It's a very good point. But I do want to highlight because there is one parallel between George Washington and Joe Biden. Joe Biden doesn't want to be president either. They're just making the guy. <laughs> he doesn't want to do it. I tell you what, when he hit, he hit the deck and jumped up there with those guys, I was like, that. I went, I went and looked on uh, some old Jim Carrey footage. It looked like Jim Carrey hit the deck and rolled. I will give Joe that. He hit the deck and rolled. It was Jim. <laughs> It was a Jim Carrey level performance. <laughs> he's gonna be he's gonna be in the next Ace Ventura. So that's the good news. That's how we're gonna get him out of here. All righty then. <laughs> great work, John. We'll do we'll do it soon, my man. Appreciate it, brother. Be well. The great John Rich. There he goes. There we go back after this. <laughs> 
Call in now. We're excited to hear from you. Who the f*** is this? This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Bottom of the ninth here on the big bad Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Party that's going to spill onto your TV set tonight in the 8 p.m. Eastern hour. Harris Faulkner is hosting Fox News tonight in the 8 p.m. hour. I will be on with Harris, the queen of daytime, taking her talents over to nighttime. That's going to be a banger. Tomorrow night I'm on Gutfeld, getting the band back together with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. Wednesday night you'll see me on the Ingram Angle on a special Wednesday appearance. Thursday night we have a live in-studio edition of the Sean Hannity Show. And then I am on the road. Arizona, we will be in Mesa, Arizona this weekend at the Mesa Performing Arts Center. There's still a handful of tickets left. And then the very beginning of next week, I will be preparing to host for the first time in my illustrious broadcast career, uh, Fox News Saturday night. It is a new 10 p.m. show we're rolling out here on the Fox News channel. It is going to be helmed by a cast of rotating hosts. I am very proud to be a small part of that rotation. And you better watch because Lord knows I need the ratings, girlfriend. Listen to me. I am a mess trying to hold the country together. But it's just there's so much going on. Okay, we've got the race taking shape now in the Republican Party. Mike Pence just jumped in with a straight face. (laughs) Nice guy. But, you know, this what happens early on in the primaries, and if you've been following politics a long time, uh, you come to realize a lot of people, I don't doubt, want to be president. But a lot of them get into the race not actually believing they'll win, but hoping they'll go far enough to raise their profile enough to either, A, get a cabinet position, B, get a TV deal, or C, sell a book. Now, I don't know the motivation of each of these individual people. And to be clear, in the limited time I've spent around Mike Pence, I've met him a few times, uh, he is one of those guys that actually cares which is fascinating uh, because he's, you know, obviously characterized in the media is like this white supremacist, homophobe, existential threat to the country. But when you talk to him, he's like a living, breathing verse out of the Constitution. He genuinely believes in American exceptionalism and stands for limited government. Uh, and that doesn't mean I think he could win this race, because I think when you're getting into the food fight we're about to watch in the Republican Party, I think two things are going to matter. I think in the early going, the bombast of Trump, uh, the fact that he has very loyal support is going to give him a major advantage, I think, as the primary wanes on. I think the ability uh, to win the general election is going to become the primary focus of debate. At the end of the day, everyone's policies are very similar to Trump's. I just think it becomes a matter of who the Republican electorate believes has the best chance of peeling off Democratic support. Okay, Biden sucks. Absolutely. There's no argument. Joe Biden, pound for pound, is as bad of a president as I've ever seen. Tell him like it is. Okay, but the reality is the Democrats are not going to have an election based on how the country is doing under Biden. They're going to let this election become a referendum on what they can convince people the country will be under Republicans. That's what the midterms are, or were anyway. That's how they survived and staved off a red wave. And that's the plan in 2024. It's not the debate the America we're living in. It's to debate the pretend America they claim Republicans will turn it into. So on this show, all we'll do, day in and day out between now and Election Day, is just have a fair fight. You know, we'll give you honest opinions. Some days you'll agree. Some days you won't agree. 
but we're just going to keep telling you the truth because that's what we stand for. You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro. Well, that's good news. I'll probably get a women's swimsuit modeling deal by the time this is over. Show's over. Pay up, get out. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.